Hello, everyone. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, depending on where you're listening and watching from. This is Leadership Talk with Adegoke, the 85th podcast. 85th podcast. And um, it's such a privilege to be sharing the platform with Sundari. How are you today? Great, fantastic. So happy to be back on the podcast, uh, Adegoke. I'm trying to remember, was I in for the 71st, 73rd, something like that? So I hope <laughs> we can make a hat trick next time. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot. You know, um, it's such a it's such an honor to have you back again. The last session was very powerful, leadership and storytelling, and um, quite a number of the nuggets that you shared. In fact, my community they've been so blessed, and um, you know the feedback was good. It was one of the most uh, listened to podcasts. Um, on leadership talk with Adigogi. But, but before we jump in into the session, I'd just like to um, do some, uh, you know, some, you know, value add. We have uh, um, a sponsors, workcentral.ng, uh, the, the the sponsor of this podcast and uh, the workspace um, platform, virtual, you know, office and the run uh, nine to five, Mondays to Saturdays, and sometimes even beyond the location in Lagos, Nigeria, and Workspace, uh, sorry, workcentral.ng, uh, the website, you can reach out to them and uh, they offer value, excellent value. So they're the sponsors of Leadership Talk with Adigoki. Oh, so you're welcome fantastic. once again. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Adigoki. I'm excited. Okay. Here you go. So tell us about yourself then. <laughs> <laughs> you know, last time I think I told you that this is probably the toughest question among all the other questions that might come. So there's a one way is the descriptive, you know, uh, our titles. So I'm an organizational consultant. I help leaders and teams uh, create engagement and organizational commitment through the power of storytelling. Uh, I also am a faculty at a few universities. I mentor. Um, I'm a facilitator and speaker. But that's like what I do. Uh, I think having a portfolio career means that you can be successful in multiple careers in your lifetime. And yeah. each of it actually adds value to the other. So mm. if I have skills from my corporate life or my consultancy practice, that's useful when I teach and so on and so forth. So I don't like I don't want to put a label to myself. Awesome. I would like to think that we are like, you know, all have multi-potential and we can be anything that we want to be. Awesome. Awesome. Sandari, I just want to salute and celebrate you. Your depth of knowledge is very wide. And I know you love tennis. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so who was your favorite for to win the uh, Wimbledon? You know, oh. did you have a favorite? <laughs> Of course, and I'm going to share a bit about him later. Uh, but uh, Rafael no, Nadal, Rafael Nadal, always the favorite. I've been a wow. fan wow. of him for a long time, uh, so wow. it was so disappointing to see that he had to go away Novak. with him. But Novak won. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, Nadal went away because of an injury, so yeah. <laughs> you know it is. It's part of the game, I think. Yeah. Uh, he taught a lot about, uh, I think, in terms of leadership practice, about being stoic, 
okay. and taking things and really working on how mind over matter when it comes to practicing tennis. Uh, awesome. he's, he's always giving credit to his competitors and the people who are playing and really working hard at his game. And wow. I'm a left-hander, though he's not a natural left-hander, I learn a lot from his game. Wow. So you play tennis? I do. I try. <laughs> wow. Awesome. I, I also play, but it's been a while, you know, but uh, I'm trying to get back into that circle, you know, but I have my, I just bought some new balls. So probably that will help me to get out there. Now, yes. how about the ladies? The, the ladies, who was your favorite for, for the ladies? Oh, I, I did. You know, I tossed up between Iga uh, and uh, Ons, Ons Shepard. Okay. Um, okay. So I was slightly disappointed again in the finals. Uh, you know, I think, but it come, you know, when it comes to the game, it's that moment, right? It's that point in time. Uh, what do you do then? And definitely, uh, you know, Ons didn't pick up her game to the next level, which is what is needed for a Wimbledon final. Yeah. Uh, of course, uh, you know, Ryberg, you know, she was like, she was really upping her game at every level. So all credit to her. I mean, it was a fantastic uh, match. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. I mean, the the finals is always different from semis and, you know, the build-up. You know, you need more than being a tennis player. You need the leadership. You need to be stoic. You need to be agile, be able to adapt, you know, because it's always a big day. Now, you're welcome once again to Leadership Talk with Adegoke. Um, this is um, the 85th podcast, and we're looking at leadership and relationship management that's right leadership and relationship management tell us what is it about relationship that excites you right you know um one thing that affects all our life majorly is the relationship with other people um let it be family let it be friends our partners um and extending it to the work-life relationship with our employers employees co-workers colleagues bosses so it is such a quintessential part of what we do on a day-to-day basis, building right. relationships. So just for example, if you have a fight with your child, with your loved one, or a friend is not responding to some of your call or something, mm. or you have a really bad uh, conversation with your colleague or a boss, you end up spending your whole day fretting about it. <laughs> And then till you go out with a friend and have a conversation, a good conversation, you have a laugh or something, then it fixes Mm. your mood. So Mm. really, relationships govern everything that we do on a day-to-day basis. And in the pandemic, you know, when we are working hybrid, when we're doing remote work, in-person, asynchronous, synchronous, people are hungering for interaction and opportunities to really connect with others. And mm. leaders really creating that space for that uh, conversations and for that connection is very, very crucial. I mean, I would say re- leaders are actually just relationship managers. Technology yeah. will help us track all the giga and petabytes of data and everything generated by the firm. But mm. the CEO's skill is tested in how well they navigate the complex web of all stakeholder relationships. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So, I mean, when you look at relationships, um, does a leader need to be, um, to have, you know, 
a good understanding of how to build relationships? Is it, is it important for a leader? That? Well, absolutely. And, you know, um, if you will permit me, let me start with a Rafael Nadal uh, example on how, yeah. how these things actually have to come naturally, have to be part of your being. And you can work at it, of course. Um, so this was Australian Open Tennis 2020. Uh, okay. Nadal was playing uh, in uh, one of the, I think it was the uh, second round clash on Rod Lever Arena. He was playing against uh, Argentine uh, Federico Delbonis. Yeah. And one of his, his forehands are ferocious, right? And one yeah. of his forehands went and hit this ball kid, Anita Burchell who was also a fan of his, and Nadal was appalled, you know, so he quickly ran up to her and checked on her whether she was okay. He gave her a peck on her cheek, and the a young girl was blushing, and he says that for her, it was not a good moment, and I was so scared for her. The ball went quick and straight to her, so he was really, you know, very conscious of what happened. Yeah. So he went and then, you know, after the match, he gave her his headband as a memento to, you know, just forget those things and bad moments yeah. and all that. Yeah. And yeah. he says that, you know, she was very brave and he didn't stop there. He met up with Anita and her family the next day, had breakfast with them, spent time with them. And then he signed a cap for her saying to my friend Anita, all the very best. Wow. So you can imagine what this must have done to a fan, right? And mm. in this moment, we form an opinion of who Nadal is as a person. Mm. So extending this to leaders from a company point of view, it's about building that trust, keeping that at the center of your brand. Mm. So that's what mm. leaders really need to do on relationship wow. management. Awesome, awesome. So um now good one when it comes to leadership um you know there's so many dimensions to leadership but how about the personality of the leader does it help does it determine relationships the personality of a leader yeah yeah in, in terms um, of yeah to what extent yes. yeah no yes definitely uh you know we have uh right now in the world we have all kinds of people who are in leadership positions right <laughs> some of them are having to resign some of them not working out in the corporate space in the political space so we have a whole spectrum of people but if you say what is the constant work of leadership it is tuning into the team's emotions it's fostering productive work relationships it's building yeah. trust it's building a conducive environment where the team is, you know, really working towards a better outcome for itself. Yeah. So there's this lady, Carla Harris, who wrote a book called Strategize to Win. And she's she used to be, I'm not sure where she is now, but she used to be the senior client advisor at Morgan Stanley. And she okay. says that leaders are measured by two things. One is the performance currency and the other one is the relationship currency. And if wow. you can multiply these two together, you have something which is special. And today we wow. are facing a global leadership crisis, right? We are seeing it all over the world. Leave the political side, even the corporate side. 70% of the leaders think that they are doing a great job of engaging with their people. Yet 88% yeah. of the employees says the leaders don't engage enough. Yeah, that's right. And that's these right. end up spending 
$46 billion every year or more on leadership development. Wow. $46 billion. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's probably more than that. This was like probably a dated number. So I think while personalities are important, sometimes we tend to think of leaders and the impact as the big things, which is why That's we are right. thinking of personality. But it's mm. not about the big things. It's not about changing the world. Sometimes it's really making life better in what I call the lollipop moments, those small yeah. moments, right? I mean, I can give an example uh, of, you know, something that I heard in a TEDx talk and you will yeah. really relate to it, Arigoge, because this is something you do as well. So yeah. there's a person called Drew Dudley. He's a leadership educator and he's the author of this book called This is Day One. Mm. And he talks about a, something that happened during his college days. So there was this girl that he met uh, on his last day at the university. But what happened to be her first day at the university? So Drew is doing some volunteering. Let's, um, let's give her a name. Let's call her Lucy. So Lucy is standing in the line for registration. She's scared. It's her first day at you know, college. She was not, she's not sure, oh, is this university for me? Should I leave and go and all that? And she notices that Drew is standing there with a hat in his hand and with wow. a signboard promoting some cause that he's passionate about. And he's handing out lollipops from the bucket to all the people standing in the registration line. And then Lucy says, all of a sudden, Drew comes to her and he says, you know, he just stopped and stared and it was creepy. You know, you have this guy staring at you. <laughs> then he reaches <laughs> out into the bucket, gives her a lollipop yeah. and um, gives, uh, sorry, gives a lollipop to a person, to the guy who was standing in front of Lucy. And he tells the guy, you need to give this lollipop to the beautiful woman standing next to you. Awesome. Now, you know, you can imagine how embarrassing it must have been for Lucy and for the guy. You know, absolutely embarrassing. So the guy is turning beet red. He's not even making eye contact with Lucy. He sort of, but you know, the lollipop is stuck in his face. So he's just taking that and he gave it to her. And, you know, he was like absolutely cringing and yeah. it just went away. And Drew, as soon as she gave the lollipop, uh, he, she got the lollipop from this guy. Drew looks at her mom and dad and says, look at that first day away from home and she's already taking candy from a stranger <laughs> <laughs> and everybody laughed in the line and at that moment lucy decided that she will not quit she went on to finish her education and marry the guy who was embarrassed to give her the lollipop wow wow awesome i think the twist there is that Drew played such an important role, right, in the life of that girl. He doesn't remember this incident at all. Wow. The girl narrated to him much, much later. So he calls these the lollipop moments. So really, it is not about those big things. And this has happened to me. And I posted about this uh, yesterday. So one of my previous bosses, uh, Shiv Shiv Kumar, he has come out with a second book called The Art of Management. And he's somebody that I've worked with for a long time uh, in Lipton. He went mm. on to head Nokia, Philips, and he's with a really large textile conglomerate now heading their strategic management division. I was in India last month and I told him, oh, you must give me an autograph copy of your book. Just buying a book from the store won't do. I want your autograph. 
Yeah. And a couple of days later, he followed up asking me, he WhatsApp me and said, did you get the book? And I hadn't got it. And he kept tracking it till I received it. Now, wow. somebody who is so big, so busy, so much to do, he didn't have to do that for me. Mm. But it is these small moments which build those relationships. Mm. Wow. Awesome. Now, let me just, that's a good one. Now, let me just jump in because um, I want to try and take as much as I can from <laughs> your wealth of knowledge. Now, how do you deal with a toxic leader? How do you relate to the toxic leader? You know, um, I remember this uh, lady had mentioned about, um, in, in the conversation, I think we talked about this as well, in the conversation of diversity. Um, mm. There is this lady who was like going to be promoted uh, to be, uh, you know, vice president of marketing. She's due for a promotion, but she's also yeah. pregnant with her second child. Mm. And there's this leader who's a boss who thinks she will not be able to make it. Mm. So he doesn't offer her the promotion. Mm. So she goes to the room and she says, um, you know, this is like time for my promotion. And we had this conversation. What's, you know, I'd like to know what's stopping it. And he turns around and looks at her and says, you know, I've never known anybody who has got two kids who can head marketing. Wow. Now, how do you react to something like that? It's really in the face. Uh, sometimes you can get very emotional. Sometimes you can get very upset. But how do, what, what is the way to react to it? And mm. she decided in her calmness, and it was amazing, she just stayed calm. And she turned around and asked him, how many kids do you have? And you guess his reply, Adigoge. What was his reply? Oh, well, it could be two kids, four kids. He had two kids. Wow. So I think she just let the penny drop for him at that moment when he was really preventing that promotion. You have two kids. You're my boss. You're heading marketing. So yeah. why do you think that I won't be able to do it? So I think there are lots of ways of going about doing it, uh, especially when you're dealing with somebody who is, I mean, need not be downright toxic, but who is yeah. creating all these iniquities for you at workplace. Wow. So, you know, now you just hit the nail on the head, you know, creating the challenges for you in the workplace. You have different types of leaders. You know, when I look at this, are you aware of the DIS profile? Yes. The DIS? yes, yes. Okay. Yeah. Now, can you, can you use the DIS to speak to how to, you know, deal with different types of relationships from your own perspective? Um, I'm going to make a confession. So yeah. one of the things is that I think all models are wrong and some are useful. <laughs> but some are useful. So yeah. while, you know, there are this and MBTI and everything else, I don't like to label people by their styles. It is people at the end of the day. And we yeah. relate to people as people. It doesn't matter. And And I'm sure all of us, in a different context, will be a different profile. Yeah. So I don't want to go do it from a disc profiling point of view, but I would rather think about some of the people who made a difference because they listened. Mm. Because they actually had the you know courage to go ahead and build those relationships. So there yeah. was this lady called Marcy Schinder. She used to be the 
chief marketing officer of work market it is a okay. it's a new york based firm which helps businesses manage their freelancers and consultants so something which is very relevant these days right everybody is a gig player so before her first day of work she decided to actually arrange to meet several of her colleagues for informal coffees and lunches so one on one meetings so which were more personal less structured but that yeah. allowed her the time to build the rapport and mm. she went in with a listening agenda she mm. just wanted to learn you know what are your goals what is important to you what do they think about working what is working well in the company intentionality yeah yeah and what do you want me to accomplish and she made sure that with her body language she was fully focused on that conversations like you know we call it sitting up straight making eye contact looking open looking engaged so she did that with intent absolutely just what you said about intentionality and these early meetings really helped her understand perspectives personalities motives of the colleagues so i mean we're talking about personality types right so it could have yeah. been some profile that she unearthed by mm. listening but not by administering a questionnaire but by listening to them and understanding them and then that gave her an idea how she can work forward in the company and she customized these conversations so that's mm. where again you know i'm linking it back to the profiling piece without calling somebody this that or that she no. customized the pitch to each individual so when she was sitting with steven devitt the ceo she talked yeah. about the company's vision when she was sitting with jeff wald who's the who was a president and the ceo who's an analytical thinker she started with the metrics mm. and when she was sitting with the chief customer officer she focused on the customer side wow so she really tweaked it to the person that she was talking to no, which is exactly what sound diary that's why leader that is transformational yes you know that's a transformational but how about a transactional leader <laughs> you know okay so let me of this is probably an example of what not to do in some ways you know sometimes some of the disciplines the work areas they are very analytical right so yeah. people think just being analytical is enough mm. so there was this guy luke brown who used to work as an air force engineer i think and then he moved into product project management yeah. and his first role was managing aircraft acquisition projects and he was determined to be successful so he went and enrolled in a lot of project management courses he said that if he had a strong project plan and a detailed schedule he would succeed he was very sure about it so yeah. in his first project he had this beautiful plan drawn out all the scheduling was done but a couple of years the project started going off the rails they were falling wow. behind schedule wow he went to ask a senior executives you know why do you think the project plan isn't working so they just said you know you need a better plan you need a more detailed schedule so he goes and works on that for his next project more detailed plan more detailed schedule second project also goes off track he hmm. again goes back to the senior executive same situation for the third project then he starts thinking you know maybe it's not me maybe it's not my plan maybe it's not the schedule maybe there's something more to it and he had this mantra plan the work and work the plan but wow. clearly that was not working <laughs> so he sought out people in the organization who had successfully managed difficult projects and he went and asked awesome. them for advice and what they said 
was they succeeded because they built stronger relationships. Awesome, awesome. They not only got to know their teams, they got to know the contractors, and so they worked well together. Awesome. And so what he did was then, you know, really the penny dropped for him that, oh, this is a major, you know, project concern, this relationship piece. So within a year, he got his project back on track, made it, you know, deliver, and he turned the project around with a new mantra, plan wow. the work and work with people. Wow, wow. Plan the work and work with people. Now, let me jump in. Now, you know, research has shown that as a leader, you need 42% of technical skills mm -hmm. and 58% of social awareness, emotional mm -hmm. intelligence. Is, mm -hmm. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I totally agree. And I, I think it sort of plays well to my own experience when I was in ANZ. At some point of time, domain expertise was very important. But yeah. as I went along my career, I could figure out that it is people management. It's really wow. working with people and working with teams. And this we see, right? When we are starting our initial career, we need to more manage ourselves first. Yeah. We need to manage our time, our emotion, our ambition. So it's very internal, self-driven. Yeah. Then we you know, widen that circle and start managing teams. Hmm. And when we become good at that, when the impact becomes you know, escalating, we start widening the circle even more and we are able to manage organizations and the impact is exponential by then. Wow. wow. So really, wow. I think the core of it is about people. So the team's part and the self part, it's about people. Hmm. And the rest of it is about, you know, your domain expertise. How are you structuring a deal? How are you getting money from the market? How are you focusing on your EBITDA and so on and so forth? All the other things. Awesome. Can I call you Professor Sandari? <laughs> <laughs> this is so good. This is so good. I'm, I'm sure that those who are going to be listening to the replay will be so blessed by, you know, the lot of content. And, you know, this is experiential for me. Uh, I'm so glad. This is Sandari. Sandari is from Hong Kong. You know, she's adding so much value. She's a leadership expert. She's a storytelling expert. She's all role the one so many years in banking and she's showing up globally. Now, this is um, this is so good. Leadership and relationship management. Now, are you aware of the five levels of um, of leadership, John Maxwell? Maxwell, five levels of leadership. Do you, you, you know, you in terms of... You tell me about it. You tell yeah, me about it. There are so in, many more things. <laughs> yeah, in terms of position, permission, mm. production, mm. people development, and pinnacle. You know, positional leadership is about, you know, your leader based on your position. People, you know, just respond to you. Right. Uh, but based on, you know, then they now, you end your trust. They give you permission to lead. Then mm. you have production based on your performance. Then you have people development where you get involved, you become a mentor to the people, you know, you pull them by the hand, pull them by the hand, encourage them just intentionally. Then the pinnacle is um, leaving a legacy, you know, which is even long after you're gone, your work speaks for you. You know, so one has to be very intentional, but, you know, you can be a level one leadership for mm. forever, which is mm. your position, easy to, you know, try to uh, impress and try to assert, but it doesn't last long, you know. Mm. Um, mm. Some people move from one to two, uh, but, you know, when you get to the production, that's the mm. game changer because mm. 
you know, you now become an inspirational leader. You, right. you drive energy, you're agile, you're able to adapt. But to move from three to four, also you also have to be intentional. You know, people development, you know, um, even while you're not there, the, the company's on auto, autopilot. And, and, and you know, it, it, it says yeah. so much to, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now I just have two more questions, you know, so <laughs> so that I don't overwhelm you. <laughs> now you know, I'm what, learning, what is, I'm listening and learning. So I'm enjoying our conversation from you know talking about the levels and I mean definitely I've they've seen that the best leaders are the ones where the team works in absentia. That's right, that's right. You so, know, I, I, I am also a pastor. I pastor I've been a pastor yeah. about 15 years. Yes. And my my congregation is about ninety percent police officers, yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. So that's a very unique community. Um, so sometimes I'm away for about seven months, mm. and I leave the church, and I come mm. back. The church is on autopilot, but it takes a lot of work, and you know you have to be um, intentional, get involved in people's lives, one on one, and also you know group. Uh, sessions and end the trust, you know, trust and respect, you know, which is very important. But you know, these things are not just uh, it's not just rocket science. Um, relationships are very important. I mean, we have a relation. This is your second time of coming on leadership talk with Adigoki, and I'm sure that the next time I'm available uh, in Hong Kong, at least yeah. we'll go out for lunch. <laughs> yeah, wow. meet your family Absolutely. as well. Absolutely, I think that's how you. I think you stay keep the connections and build on the relationships. It's never yeah. just that one. It's not transactional at all, ever. It's what you mm. put into the relationship. And I think it's two ways as well. Uh, yeah. for, and the same thing works uh, for leadership as well. I think only yeah. at leadership level, obviously, you need to restrict the number of relationships that you'll be able to nurture effectively. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's almost like that Robin Dunbar number. You know, even 150 is probably a bit too much for a senior <laughs> Because they need to do the work as well, right? It's not just, yeah. uh, say, just for example, it's not uh, connecting with everybody who connects with you on LinkedIn. Maybe, maybe they won't have the time for it because they yeah. need to actually focus on other work as well. So yeah. I think yeah. just, again, yeah. that intentionality to mm. what you do and how you show up. Wow, wow, wow. Amazing, amazing. Two more questions for Sandari. Sandari, what is that one thing you're going to tell a leader right now, you know, in terms of, relationship management just just share with us one thing yeah so you know one of my school friends uh, we had this diary uh, where we wrote notes to each other when we were leaving school so she wrote for me moments pass memories linger wow and i think that's what a leader needs to remember that their presence moments pass memories linger okay their presence is so impactful and they can be so inspiring in everything that they do. So mm. if as a leader, if you're just, you know, you have to share examples, your experiences, and that's the storyteller in me as well, your role modeling, that's the best way you can create the culture. People are looking at how leaders are talking the talk, how are they walking, walking the, the talk, talk yeah. and how are they walking the walk. Wow. And if there is a disconnect, they are going to oat with their feet. They're just going to wow. leave and go to another organization. So I think that's what leaders need to be very intentional about, the impact that they are creating in every interaction. Awesome. Awesome. Finally, Sandari, I'm sure our listeners would like to connect with you. Um, you know, uh, your wealth of experience is, you know, 
someone you is come come as someone that we we can celebrate you know publicly and also privately i celebrate you i see you all over the place adding value intentionally your reach is uh, very diverse and i just want to celebrate you for coming on leadership talk with adegoke the second time the first time was leadership and storytelling now leadership and relationship management now how can our listeners connect with you how can they reach out to you yeah no thank you so much for your kind words i am enriched i i do believe that um learning is not a bucket to be filled it's a fire to be lit and wow. you're doing that with your talks and with the work that you do so i am blessed to be here with you linkedin is the best place i have I a presence on twitter i'm not overactive on twitter but linkedin would be a good way to reach out and i would love to you know connect with your viewers and learn from them as well awesome awesome you heard it from the lady sandari from hong kong and this is leadership talk with adegoke 85th podcast and um leadership and relationship management it's been an awesome session and so for those who are going to be listening to the replay just make sure you take as many notes as possible uh she she always has a lot of quotes sandari is full of quotes <laughs> any last so words much, any last words in 30 seconds uh, no thank you so much uh, really a privilege to be in the conversation and learn from you and your community uh I look forward to but doing the hat trick with you sometime. <laughs> oh wow, thanks. Thanks everyone for st staying tuned. Thanks. Have a great day. Thanks.